Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hey everyone, it's Louise Pilot here at the Healthcare Symposium, and I am sitting here with Joy Rivera, who is a senior human factor systems engineer at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. Thank you for joining us, Joy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so great to have you on the show. Um, so, senior human factors systems engineer, it's, it's quite a, a mouthful. mouthful, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what, what does that entail exactly, and how does that position work at a children's hospital? Sure. So, um, so by training, I have my PhD in um, industrial and systems engineering, but all under, um, or you know, all under human factors. Um, and when I started to think about an appropriate title for my role, um, I was concerned that if I just put human factors engineering, those who don't actually know what it is would um, kind of fumble the words and look at it as, oh, I'm there to engineer the human factor, right? Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we had that systems piece so um, so that they understood that I look, yes, at the humans, but also at the system component um, and that integration. Um, I, hopefully that that comes through. <laughs> um, the, the senior part is, uh, I've been there for uh, five years. I do uh, just got an intern um, uh, last summer and throughout this year, a PhD student from UW-Madison. So I guess now I'm technically the senior because um, <laughs> there's a junior person there. So, um, And then in terms of my role, I'm, I'm really uh, more of an internal consultant because I am basically an N of 1 or 1.2 really. Um, and I... Um, so I sit on a lot of committees, um, everywhere from our EHR type related committees that includes dis uh, clinical decision support uh, teams to our um, discharge optimization team. Um, then I sit on other kind of more um, enterprise wide. So we have an enterprise safety team that I that I sit on. So I do a lot of committee work, but then I do also lead um, some projects. So I just recently um, led a project to reduce uh, wrong site, wrong patient imaging um, and had great re results uh, there. Uh, but again, it's hard to really get super in-depth into projects, so it's mostly more consulting. Uh, we're also now building a new um, emergency department, um, ambulatory clinics building, and an operation um, OR platform. And so I'm on all of those teams as well. So that keeps me very, very busy. I so, can imagine, because yeah. like you said, it's an N of one, so it's really just you working as this embedded human factors yep. person within the hospital setting. Yep, so I report to the chief quality officer and, um, and then uh, patient, um, our safety team, and our performance improvement team also report up uh, through him. So it's really a great, um, you know, we, I can collaborate with both of those teams that are, are so integral integral to um, to human factors uh, so uh, so while I'm an end of one I still I have those other kind of team members that I can bounce ideas off of and and get support from them as well that's fantastic yeah. um, and you know so 
did you come into this position like fresh after getting your PhD or you know how right what how was that path so um, I actually uh, I was a professor at Clemson University for uh, three years prior to um, uh, coming to children's um, I uh, I loved academia. Uh, there's always pluses and minuses to things, but I loved um, academia. But um, uh, I'm from the Milwaukee area, and uh, while at Clemson, um, I had uh, my son, um, and uh, and it was just in terms of family and work-life balance. I really wanted to find a place closer to my family and, and extended support. Um, I actually had done research um, as a graduate student um, at Children's uh, Hospital when they were implementing their barcode system. That was in ooh, 2006 to 2008. Um, and so I, I reached out to uh, one of the physicians who um, I had worked with and said, hey, are you ready to hire a human factors person yet? Yeah, he was he's very well read um, in human factors and um, I know had been sort of advocating for that type of position. And he said, actually, I think we are. Um, and so he was able to, um, to de develop a, uh, a systems engineering type of uh, position and, um, and through, you know, kind of advocating from, uh, from his perspective, uh, the organization went with uh, the human factors uh, perspective for that systems engineering role. Fantastic. So, yeah, so it, it's a really, um, it's a great fit. And um, I mean, I, I, I love kids. Um, I don't get to interact with them that much, but I know that my work really does, uh, you know, it impacts the, um, the people on the front lines. And then, you know, by making it easier for them to do their work, it's, it's definitely, you know, impacting um, the kids. So. Yeah, I, I actually sat on one of your talks, I think, was it yesterday? whole conference yeah. feels like yeah. a blur. Um, but talking about how there was this kind of multidisciplinary team teaming up with the architect, yeah. really evaluating kind of the, the, the waiting space and, and the patient rooms, um, you know, and, and kind of the analysis that went into ensuring that, you know, just the physical space was designed optimally. Yeah, so that was for our uh, Pewaukee Primary Care Clinic. And um, that was, it was a, such a, a cool project to be part of. So we had um, Amy Grasky, she has her master's um, from UW-Madison um, in human factors, and she was the project management uh, manager on that role. And then she looped uh, myself and um, another uh, performance improvement specialist who has a uh, master's uh, in, um, in industrial engineering and, and specifically physical uh, ergonomics. Um, and um, that's Karen Fermack. And then, um, and then she was able to really do a lot of change management with her leaders and with um, the architect firm. They were willing to, to kind of lean in and, and trust us uh, with this new approach um, and really understanding the workflows and the way that, uh, that the, um, the team um, communicated with one another um, and how they did their work and so we used work as done rather than work as imagined to design the physical space to support those workflows and that was just really exciting because a lot of times um, 
you don't necessarily have the time to do that upfront work. So you're doing a little bit of catch up or you're even doing it in reverse order where you're having um, your, you know, you build um, and then the um, clinician team has to kind of, you know, figure out how they're going to design their workflows now around this new space. And sometimes it works out, but other times there's definitely challenges. And then that's where you get into um, workarounds that might lead to, you know, not being as safe um, or as efficient as, as we can be. But um, I had just recently to prepare for um, the, the panel, I went to visit Pewaukee and I should have done it sooner. I just got busy with the, the on-campus builds, but um, oh, I, I actually got tears in my eyes. Um, <laughs> just being able to see that, that um, you know, in school you, you talk about, oh, this is the right method to do it and all of that, but really putting that into practice. Um, getting the the team on board with that um, and having that success then in the end and them being so happy in their space um, I mean you know I, I'm looking forward to really uh, looking more at the patient engagement scores because I think we're I, I can't imagine um, that uh, that we're gonna see anything negative because it, <laughs> I mean Obviously, I'm biased, but it's just, it's a beautiful space, but it's a functional space. And it's also designed um, for future proofing. Like they want to move into um, uh, uh, patient self rooming. And we designed it knowing that that might be the direction we're going to go in. And sure enough, uh, with some of the technology that we've put in place in, um, in that build, that they are in fact going to be it's going to be very easy for them to transition into that that process so we're excited to see the the next step there that is exciting yeah. and i know one of the things that you touched on you know getting at that work is imagined versus work is done yep. piece one of the things that you guys had talked about was like actually getting the cardboard boxes and kind of building out the space with this low fidelity kind of yes. prototype you know, it's it's interesting. It's something that you you see in the literature. You read it in the literature that you know simulation is um, is so important. But um, uh, to actually do it, especially the just even just the low fidelity stuff, the the different things we were able to to work out and like the detail. I, I gave an example of you know we were in there modeling. Okay, can can a um, if a a mom is there with two kids, one's a, a infant, the other one's a toddler. Can they in fact actually have one on the scale while holding the other one on the bed and we're, you know, different scenarios like that where, you know, in if we wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't have come up with all of these different scenarios. And the team, while they were apprehensive at first, because, you know, I mean, it's a little like we're making them, you know, pretend there's walls there. And yes, this this uh, cardboard box is your desk and here's your computer. Um, once we started to do that role playing, um, they really got into it. And and then they're like, oh, you know, I'll be I'll be the mom this time, you know, and OK, I'll be the doctor. And actually, they took turns doing each other's roles. So. I think that's not only is that um, good lessons learned for the build, but then it was kind of a nice uh, team building exercise for the the clinicians because they were like, oh, this is what you do in your role, or this is you know this is how you approach it. Um, so that was kind of a you know an unintended you know consequence or in a good way um, uh, uh, success to that uh, exercise as well. Yeah, so. building that empathy across yep. the different yep. roles. That's Absolutely. fantastic. I love that story. Um, 
Well, I know that, you know, there, there are good parts to being that like single embedded human mm -hmm. factors, you know, person in the hospital. Can you speak to some of the challenges that you've experienced? Sure. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is um, the change management around the role itself. Um, some of the, the uh, struggles that I've, I've had, you know, um, when I first joined the organization, I actually reported to the chief medical information officer. He was really well-read in, in human factors, and we had kind of a team. It was, um, he was a 30-year PICU doc uh, turned CMIO, really well-respected. And, um, and then he had a team, um, a pharmacist, um, a, another PICU doc that was kind of like 0.2 on our team, myself, and then um, an, a nurse. And um, I, he, because he was so well-respected, I didn't have to do too much change management of like myself and my role because we'd sit around and I'd you know I'd, I'd give my um, expert opinion you know I'd talk about what the literature says to help us make better decisions and they'd kind of look to him and he'd kind of nod and it was like oh okay you know so I had I kind of was under his respected shadow um, and then he um, he retired uh, a little sooner than anticipated due to some health issues, and I transitioned to the chief quality officer. And um, and then I didn't, you know, he's so busy, and um, and so and then I kind of went from like this little multidisciplinary team to an N of one. Um, there was a lot of um, leadership uh, change within our organization so I had done a lot of that relationship building and you know you know that uh, awareness and desire to have and apply human factors and then that kind of all went away when they you know left the organization and so now I'm starting uh, slightly above ground zero maybe at like maybe um two um, <laughs> level two and 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 i have to make those relationships again i have to um really put into um practice that change management um and and you know sometimes you're just not going to be able to convert the people that you need to convert you know and mm -hmm. so then you have to you yourself have to develop some workarounds of how are you going to m make the impact you want to make on this particular project knowing that pot potentially the executive sponsor isn't your biggest supporter right how do you still do that because you don't want to just give up and be like oh, okay well you know i won't even go on that project if if that person you know doesn't support it mm -hmm. because i still want to be able to benefit the people that are doing the work right. and so it's a little bit more um challenging um that way uh so that's kind of the the biggest issue it's also um taking on too much work i have a big big problem um uh saying no <laughs> and it's because i want people you know if they're excited and they're, they're asking to work with me it's like how could i turn them down like i'm finally getting asked to be a part of uh projects um but then sometimes you get spread too thin mm. and then it's hard once you do that it's hard um to kind of make that um uh, the ROI um, kind of, I don't know, 
you know, the argument on that because you're you're now you're just kind of doing a little bit on each project rather than going a little bit more in depth on only 10 projects rather than 35 projects. Um, so there's a balance there. I have, um, after almost five years at Children's, I, I, I know that I need to do better. I'm still struggling to figure out how to do that um, because I, I do want to say yes to everything. But, yeah. you know, um, I, I think uh, moving forward, I'd like to uh, develop a little bit more formal intake process. I think that's sort of my next step. Um, and and I just I, I just have to get better at prioritizing. And I think to me, I have to reflect and say that's actually best for the organization too, right? Because if, if I'm not making an impact because I'm spread so thin, then what's the point? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. I know it's a bit of a no man's land right now with human factor practitioners coming in and embedding themselves in the hospital mm -hmm. and, you know, figuring out where to even put these people, who they're working with, that the education piece and finding your, you know, the person who's going to, you know, help stick up for you or have yeah. your back is a, a huge point that I think you know, practitioners in your position sound like they're really trying to navigate. Mm -hmm. um, so in the panel, one of the most recent panels actually, yeah. <laughs> we just came yeah. out of, um, you know, there was a discussion about other, you know, folks in, in your position kind of coming together in hopes of finding that community. So, you know, even though you're at your hospital, just N of one, right. navigating all of this, you still have a network you know, across the human factors mm -hmm. community. Yeah, so um, uh, this started, uh, man, um, uh, uh, about 2016, myself and, um, and uh, one of my colleagues who was at um, Johns Hopkins at the time, um, we, we got together over um, a um, EHR vendor um, uh, conference. We just ran into each other, and that's sort of where it started as we were, we started talking about our experiences, and they were very similar to one another. She had started, I think, a year or two before me, um, and, and so, you know, we kept in contact, we looped other people um, in, and we started to realize like we're all going through the same things and while it's great because misery loves company in terms <laughs> of like the challenges um uh we we wanted to do something more formal um especially as we started to hear that um, more of these roles were um developing uh, within healthcare. so when i joined children's in 2014 there were like about 10 of us uh, across the nation and even internationally. Um, and within the last four and a half years, uh, that has tripled, which is amazing, but we're still all dealing with the same problems. We're also, you know, we also, a lot of us work on the same type of projects. So why not be able to learn from our successes as well, right? Rather than reinventing um, the wheel. Now. Obviously, all of our organizations are, are different. We all have different uh, contexts, 
but at least we can get some, okay, well, how did you start this or who did you have on your team? Who did exactly what you said? Um, who did you need to secure buy-in from, you know, or how did you, what, how did you talk to your boss to let him work on, you know, to let you work on this project? So all of those different kinds of things. And so um, a group of eight or nine of us um, uh, got together uh, last summer and uh, we uh, developed uh, the uh, Human Factors Transforming Healthcare Network, so HFTH. Um, it is hard to um, uh, sound out and, and say, but uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, we just gave kind of, it was our national or worldwide, that's what <laughs> actually the title ended up being, our worldwide de uh, debut, but you could tell in the room it's like, okay, yes, right? I mean, people were so excited. I saw a lot of head nodding in the audience. Um, even prior to that, someone had come up to me just yesterday <laughs> saying, I wish there was a network like of all of us together. I'm like, guess what panel you need to go to? <laughs> um, and, um, and I think she was the one saying, where were you guys five years ago? And we're like, oh, just getting our act together. Um, it, it's it's a again it's a, it's difficult because we all have full-time jobs and we're all again mostly ends of one so we're pretty busy um but i but the response that we got from the audience the amount of people who are experiencing the same type of um challenges and successes uh within their organization motivates us i think to keep going and and really pushes us in the direction of like this is this is what needs to happen next um i don't know it's 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 also actually a network that helps with uh helps organizations so if you want to hire a human factors engineer you know um we come from different disciplines. Um, there's different tracks which within uh, human factors. And so you wanna make sure that what you're looking for, you actually find the right um, skill set from that human factors person to fill that need. Otherwise, that person is going to be set up for success. So I think it's twofold that way. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. Um, uh, I don't know, it's it's, it's something that we've been working on and it coming to fruition um, this uh, today um, <laughs> is, is uh, something pretty special. Yeah. It sounds very promising because, yeah. you know, for, for anyone listening who's interested in pursuing this kind of position, going and embedding yourself in a hospital, you know, now never fear, there's a network there to help support and Yes. Save the path. Yes. And it's like, I don't want people to make the same mistakes I did. So, and I, I you know, I offer up any type of uh, advice, most usually solicited, but sometimes unsolicited <laughs> too, be, because it's, you know, why? Why um, have to to reinvent that that wheel? Um, I want people to, to make, uh, to learn from my mistakes um, and, um, and, and and also you know my my wins you know I've I've uh, I've been around the the block a few times and um, and I want people to be able to um, to have that success um, as well so absolutely yeah. well joy thank you so so much for being on the show um, 
for the listeners who are here who want to find more information about you, where mm -hmm. can they go? Um, I have a uh, LinkedIn um, account, um, so I think that's probably the the best way to to reach me. I think it's uh, under my first name is actually Antonia, <laughs> um, but I go by my middle name Joy, so I think it might be a Joy Rivera um, on LinkedIn. So. And we'll make sure that we've got that link posted up in our show Perfect. notes. Thank you so so much. Thank you for <laughs> the invite. I I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. They always end the show with a it depends. Mm -hmm. So on the count of three, I'll have you join me in a it depends. All right. All right. One, two, three. It, it depends. depends. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.